Welcome to the Circle of Fire podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Treadwell, social worker turned spirit worker. Today, we will journey to uncover our individual power. We will explore what it is to stand in our sovereignty, and we will begin to imagine what it would take to live in community intentionally. The fire does not apologize for burning, and neither should you. Together, we rise. Happy Valentine's Day. This day comes with some big feelings and some high expectations. My husband was never a fan. He was a fan of celebrating people he cared about any day of the year and not just on a particular day that was designated, but he kindly accommodated me on this holiday over the years, sending me gifts at times and cards because he knew at the time it was important to me, even though he didn't care about Valentine's Day. My husband Jason and I have been married for about 16 years now, and we've been through some things. We have gone through a lot, and I'm always surprised at the evolution of the relationship. It's a beautiful thing to witness and be a part of, and I'm really grateful for that. I do spend some time digesting and breaking down what's actually happening in the moment, and I'm excited to talk about this with a wonderful, wonderful soul Persephone Nicole. Persephone is the creator of Inspire the Wildfire, and she's going to be here on the podcast and in the Circle of Fire for the next couple of weeks, sharing her light with us. Persephone is a well-being artist. She works to spark creativity and wants to help burn everything that is holding you back from attaining the vision you have for your life. I encourage you to check her out at Inspire the Wildfire podcast and at her website, inspiredthewildfire.com. When I first came across her podcast, I was so excited, and I reached out, and I said, oh my gosh, we have to talk. This is going to be amazing. If we can get the circle of fire and inspire the wildfire together, it's going to be magical, and it has been so far. So I'm really excited to connect with her today and share her light with you. I want to tell you, the other day, I'm not sure if I told you this before, but it just resonates. I couldn't, I was shocked. I'm always like, whoa, that was pretty, it was pretty, uh, I can't believe that was hidden inside of me, right? You're doing, I'm doing all this work. I'm I'm like self-aware, yeah. And then I was making (laughs) breakfast for my husband who works at home and he starts work at 5 a.m. and the kids will go to school and I'd make myself an egg sandwich and I'd make him an egg sandwich. And I like making him an egg sandwich and it just makes sense logistically. And I'm already making a sandwich and he's hungry. And then, so sometimes I'm really happy that I'm making this breakfast for him. And sometimes randomly there'd just be this voice like, oh, I'm the woman. So I have to make him a breakfast sandwich and what? So I just have to make you breakfast now. And then I'll hand it probably, he doesn't know, he doesn't know this is happening in my head, but like probably (laughs) depends on how I hand the egg sandwich to him. Like here's an egg sandwich and like here, (laughs) yeah. a woman provided an egg sandwich for you. And so then I was like, oh, okay. Apparently there's a part of me that needs to heal. That is, um, connecting with, with that sort of patriarchy women, barefoot woman in the kitchen cooking. Like, no, I actually want, like, it just makes sense. But I was, there's these little fairy dustings of trauma from this was before my lifetime. I mean, like, yeah. I don't, I didn't experience that level in my life. 
uh, hands-on, but yeah, I was like, okay, little, little lady, (laughs) like, I actually am okay with making this and it just makes sense. And I'm, I'm not, he is not thinking that of me. And I am not thinking that I'm actually not participating in that trauma energy. Uh, so we don't need to carry that with us anymore. Thank you. So I can just enjoy making breakfast. I don't have to, right. I think we, we don't know those little pockets are hidden in us. And when they show up, it's important to say, oh, hey, you don't actually belong here. Thank you. We're good now. Thanks for bringing, that fire was important to get us to the point where I can be married to someone who wouldn't expect such things of me. But now that I'm here, it's important to pull those little pieces out and say, thanks, you actually aren't needed anymore, but I appreciate your work. Well done. Go rest in the ethers. And I'm just going to enjoy making breakfast now. I don't need yeah. to be mad that a man, that I'm making it for a man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny how those, because you picked that up somewhere, right? Whether that was not your, maybe that wasn't your experience, but maybe you watched that in someone else's life and somehow that belief was just a tiny little sprout somewhere that was contributing to the, so there's a word I want to use. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Yeah. Resentment. There it is. Yes. Ah. You found it. (laughs) It's like you start to feel this resentment and it didn't belong there. Good for you to like recognize having the awareness to go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This isn't me. This is some program that's running in the background. Yes. And how often that's what I want to say though, is that it's the, the work, the healing is hidden in every moment of your life. That moment could have passed without any acknowledgement, but like when people say, well, I have to do the work, um, it, and I think I love talk therapy, but I think it kind of gives this idea of there's a place you go and you do the work and then you leave and then you live your life. You talk therapy is important at times, but the reality is every moment you have the mat. That's why people say you have it within you because all of these things are showing up for you. Are you going to make space for receiving them and for looking at them and saying, wait, uh, when they show up and say, Hey, this is a belief that's stuck in here. This is why you're getting ir- Oh, oh, is that why I'm getting irritated every day? Every other day when I make breakfast, it's like, I kept thinking, why am I so getting irritated randomly about making breakfast? I like making breakfast. And one day it showed up and was like, Hey, this is, this is the thing. Oh, okay. There you are. Thanks for showing yourself versus Versus just saying, I don't believe that by, like, I think you have to bring it closer and say, oh, I didn't see you. Thanks for showing yourself. Yeah. Okay, cool. We don't actually believe that anymore. Like look around. We're actually okay. Um, And a lot of that I think is connected with ancestral healing. I think, I think I get a lot of that from ancestral stuff where it's like, that's a belief that my ancestors had. It was important at the time. It is not for today. Um, And and my, my thing I often think is when I get a feeling that comes at me, a fear or happiness or anxiety, whatever, it's like, where are you coming from? I kind of invite it and say, where are you from? Because often it's not from right now, especially anxiety and fears. It's like, you don't even belong here. <laughs> Why are you even here today? Yeah. I love that you're talking about that because I think 
that's the, that's the part of taking ownership and how you're showing up in the world is being so tuned into yourself where you can make those adjustments, right? Because if you had taken that resentment and allowed it to grow, maybe then the next time it's not just making an egg sandwich for him, it's making an egg sandwich for the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and then just, then you're starting to get, it just keeps building and getting bigger and bigger and bigger the feeling where you're not in alignment and just kind of like an ironing board. There's a little wrinkle, you know, you got to go over it a couple of times and there it's gone. And then there's space for you to not notice the past. It's not like, yeah, I went through a lot of time being mad before I was able to see that I didn't have to be. And, And it's like, that's fine. The ex, I think we put all these expectations on ourselves that you know, how you're supposed to do it, that I have to, and I should, and, oh, why didn't I see that? Or I'm so stupid that I didn't see that pattern or no, it's just, it's just about making space and, and like, stop, like not judging those voices when they come up is what makes space for it. Like that inquiry into why am I feeling that? I wonder. Yeah. That's a practice of mindfulness to allow it to come in non-judgmentally yeah and I studied Buddhism for for a long time and I I still am a practitioner in in some senses but well in lots of senses but I think it was like integrating that knowledge into a practical way for me that I didn't like when I would study it I didn't understand really what that meant the mindfulness or I did do that for many you know the meditation where you I, I worked on that and I can't, I would imagine it informed this now but allowing in mindfulness meditation allowing those thoughts to come up not judging them letting them go by noticing those um, you might do that for years in meditation before you notice that you can do that in your everyday life yeah in the moment Look at the way that marriage is now compared to see, say, even going back one generation to our parents. You know, that was a patriarchal relationship that I came from. And um, my first marriage was not quite that, but it wasn't a balanced. Uh, I wasn't balanced as far as my feminine and masculine went. And because I came out of that, I was really resistant to even having. Uh, I was just really resistant (laughs) to say that I was rebellious, you know, and like, no one's going to tell me nothing. And like, who wants to be, uh, have a partner that's like that, you know, that's makes you really disagreeable. Um, And so then I think about the relationship that I'm in now, it's so balanced with the masculine and the feminine side and being able to, I don't know, it's a different type of partnership because it's conscious. Yes. And I just want that for every single person to be able to be, because you see these toxic relationships around you, or you see these toxic dynamics with people and you've been in them before. Mm-hmm. So you know what it feels like. Yeah. And it just hurts your heart when you have the contrast to be like, you know, you don't have to talk to somebody like that. And you know that you don't have to be talked to like that. (laughs) Like there's, I feel like it's a lack of knowledge that takes people down that road and that there is something better, you know? So part of that is like trying to be an example 
of what a healthy relationship even looks like. Right. Yeah. It's an interesting thing to think about what, why, why is this working and why is something else not? And I do think my biggest belief in that is you have to make space. Again, I talk about space a lot, but you have to make space for your partner's growth and expansion. And your partner has to make space for your expansion. And when you're both supporting each other in a way that makes space for each of you to continue expanding, it just, it just works. It's not, I'm not saying that, that just, that is hard. That is work to make space for your partner to, to expand because you have to be willing to let go of who they are. You have to trust. They're still going to want you like in this mind, like, Oh no, if I let you expand, what if you, what if you leave me? What if you go away? No, like, my priority is for you to, to grow and expand. And your priority is for me to grow and expand. And if we can do that side by side, everything else will fall in alignment. It will be okay. There's really nothing else that has to happen, but it is hard work to be okay with your partner rising. Yeah. That's okay. It's hard. Yeah. I like that part um, of talking about the space. It's like, as you're talking, I'm seeing keys. <laughs> Let's write this down. It's not yeah. something I'm, um, that I thought about that deeply, but yeah, that's definitely the space there. And if I can take it one step further, uh, one of the things I talk about with people that feels really, I'm really passionate about with this idea of it allowing expansion is that it's okay to go to bed angry. Happy couples go to bed angry. You, why do you go to bed angry? Because sometimes it takes days for you to even be able to articulate what you need to talk about. Sometimes yeah. it takes days. I was, um, listening to a podcast, I was going to try and look it up real quick because it was really interesting because that is a, that is kind of a new idea of it's okay to go to bed angry because as um, we were growing up, I don't know if this was the same for you, but like, you're supposed to hit, fix it, but never go to bed angry was the, the right. suggestion. What is this? When you hear couples who are like made it to this long marriage and they're like, what, what made it work? Well, we never went to bed angry and we gave each other a kiss every night. That's great. I'm not discrediting that, but the times when I feel most grateful for my relationship are when I have had the space to be angry for a week. And then, and my partner knows I'm angry. And he makes the space. I'm not saying this was always easy because I was breaking patterns where he should have been, we should have made it up. We should have made up immediately. But when I'm given that space and when he's given that space, we can actually get to the root of the thing versus just saying mean, hurtful things to each other. And I'm often surprised when I sit with my, when I sit in that hard feeling for a few days, the, the thing that I'm actually upset about is not the thing I started at. Right. Not 
why I got triggered. I got triggered by something. I'm mad at you. It's your fault. You did that. I'm feeling this and it's because of you. And then I sit with that. And then I sit with it and he's like, Hey, do you want to talk? And I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to you. No. And I'm like, he's like, okay. And then he'd be like, Hey, you ready to talk? I'm like, no, I'm not talking to you. Right. And I have time. And as I have time, I have space. He's not getting mad at me. He's not being passive aggressive. He's not being a dick to me. It's just there's space for me to have feelings. And after the course of a period of time, I come to what is really the thing is usually an internal fear that is triggered by that external experience that I'm now, and it's really still hard to say the thing. I'm usually like huffing before bed, kind of like, He's like, are you ready? I was like, well, and I say the hard thing and it's, and it's hard, but I'm so grateful for that space. And when we first got together, I had these panics of like, we have to, we have to talk about it immediately. We have to not fight. And I'll tell you, it really wasn't productive all the time. It really wasn't helpful. And it didn't help me get to the root of what was really upsetting me. Right. Because you're coming from a place where you're not able to eloquently express yourself because you don't even know what it is for yourself. It's like, you need that time to be, I, I get it. That, that was the same issue we were having at the beginning of our relationship was me getting into this trigger state, having a reaction and then not knowing what it was. And it was funny because it was like, when I first got here, those, that space that would be created would be like three days. three days. I need, I need to figure this out, you know, and then it started to come down. Okay. Two days. Okay. A day. And now I think I've gotten it down to a couple of hours and I'm trying to get ahead of it now. Right. So, but that, that time was needed for me to feel those internal triggers and kind of work through what it was I was going through. And you're right. If you stay in that state of we're trying to hash it out. Yeah. We don't even know what we're trying to hash out. Like it's not productive. Um, but this one podcast that I was listening to about, uh, it was Dr. Stan Tatkin, I think is how I'm saying it. He was on the Mark Groves podcast. And one thing him and his wife do, yeah, they'll go to bed angry, but they do this thing where their feet have to touch at night. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is such a game changer because that's like the last thing you want to do is touch (laughs) when you're pissed off at somebody, like the last thing you want to do. But I talked to David about it and I was like, you know what? I think this could be helpful because a lot of the times I feel in myself, the resistance, like I might know in 20 minutes what it is I need to say, but there's this resistance in wanting to express. And so we decided, okay, what is like the most comforting thing that we could think of for me to get in that spot? And it would be like just sitting on his lap. Like that would make me feel so safe and like, okay. And it also changes the dynamic, right? I can't yell. I'm right in his face. (laughs) We haven't, we haven't had to use it yet. Yeah. I love that you guys talked about that. I think that's, yeah. And so important, important to have uh, like, okay, what, how are we going to navigate this situation? It's probably going to, it's going to show up. Yeah. What would be supportive for you in that? How do you, and if it, and if you, it does happen and you're like, okay, that didn't actually help. Yeah. You can adjust it. 
Yeah. Cause I want you out of my face and yeah. like, <laughs> but, like you breathed on me and yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. In theory, it sounds great, but it, it does help to plan in advance what you want to do because we have had conflict and we know enough to, you know, you know, if you're going to live with someone, you're going to have it. It's inevitable. So the idea is to be in harmony, have conflict and then get back in harmony. And like, it's just trying to lessen those, that range so that you just get right back into it. Cause yeah. you know, we've made the choice. And so we don't need to bring in suffering unnecessarily. You know, like you said, there's times where you need to have that space so that you can figure things out. But and I love that you say, like, you have to acknowledge there's going to be times we're going to be mad at each other. How would it best serve you? How would it best serve me in those times? Is there yeah. something, you know, and I think just you can waste years of not communicating about that and just kind of trying to figure it out. Or you could just say, okay, it just makes sense. We're going to have times we're going to be upset with each other. So what, what would that look like for us? How would that, how can I support you through that? And I love for us too. I, I didn't think about that, but definitely when I'm ang- when one of us is angry, there's still like uh non-sexual intimacy that has to happen. You know, yeah. you have to have some sort of main t- maintenance of like, I'm still here for like a check-in, like, Hey, you want to talk? No. Okay. I'm here. You know, or like, Hey, yeah. I'm going to hold your hand or touch your foot or let's just snuggle for a minute. Like I'm still here. Um, and I think when we're responding, most of this is coming from a place of healing trauma. And so space is important. Yeah. I think, um, it was a hard thing for David to come to terms with that space to begin with, because he would take it really personal because my demeanor when I'm mad and when I'm hurt or the, it looks the same, right? <laughs> I just look like I'm pissed off. Right. But it's. there's a different layer there. So it was like for him to understand to to allow that space was one thing. And then I'm hearing like your guy coming and checking in and saying, Hey, are you ready to talk? That's so huge. And I think that's a really hard thing for some people to do Mm -hmm. to, to be the one to have the bridge, right? Cause you don't, there's that sense that you could be rejected or put down on. And so I've tried to make an effort if he's coming to not reject the olive branch. Yeah. You know, cause there's, there's a, there's a part of my wounding that wants to be chased. Yes. You know? Yeah. And so if I'm not getting chased, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to try and not create that chase. I have, to, but also he still has to come, you know? <laughs> And so it's finding that balance. Cause when we first got together, he's like, I ain't chasing you. Yeah. Like, okay. Well then I'll sit down here and I guess we're not going to hang out anymore. You know, <laughs> let's see which yeah. one caves first. Cause we really enjoy our sex life, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I but think it's- so amazing. You said that I feel the same way where I would be like, well, I was, I, I'm not a game player, but I found that I did play games because it was what I was like kind of programmed of how I should respond. And he wasn't. Right reacting the way that I thought he should respond. And so we've talked about it recently that there was a lot of time when it was like, we were inadvertently hurting each other. Like it's not about you. That's the thing. And I want to tell you the most profound thing he said to me recently, we had a misunderstanding 
just on timing. And so he got home later than, than needed. He needed to, in order for me to get to where I needed to go. And so I missed the thing that I was going to do, which was fine. I was like, it's okay. And he was really upset. And then for some, for whatever reason, I was upset that he was upset as if, cause I was like, I'm being cool. And now you're upset. Like, and it was like, it was just kind of escalating. And it, he was so, I'm like, so proud of him for this. It was really blown my mind that he said, you tell me that I should feel my anger. If you want me to feel my anger, you can't tell me I can't be angry. Because I do, I do want him to feel his anger. I do want him to be able to express his anger. But then when he expressed it, it made me really uncomfortable because I realized in that moment, it was not about him, that I, as his wife, felt that I should make him happy and he should not be angry and it's my fault. I'd like, these are like some of the voices that came up in the back of my head that I yeah. didn't know were there of why I was triggered. And he said, I am not angry at you. I am angry in your presence. And sometimes that's going to happen. I'm going to, if we're going to be living together, sometimes I'm going to be angry in your presence and you have to make space for that. I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes we do, we, we think we, we take responsibility for somebody else's emotions and feelings. Yeah. That's where I've gotten myself in the biggest trouble is trying to mitigate someone else's pain. So maybe I'm not being a hundred percent honest mm -hmm. and it's just our responsibility to show up and it's other people's responsibility to handle their own nervous system and go, Oh, he's feeling angry right now. Okay. Well, is it something that I did? Nope. Okay. I'm just gonna back up out of here. <laughs> yeah. Like we have to be okay making space for anger. And that yeah. is, I think a really new concept because anger from a trauma standpoint, anger turns into badness, grief, is a normal part of life and we should be making space for it. And not just at end of life, not just when someone dies, this is hard. Every, mm -hmm. it, it, it is present constantly. And as our lack of acknowledging that we are constantly in grief, that we feel so much pain. And I think it's just not acknowledging that it's present is causing more pain. Yeah. I was thinking when you're talking about anger too. So one of the skill sets that I had to build um, through a practitioner was learning different emotions. In my 20s, I was super angry. And, you know, like I said, it still spills out because when I'm expressing myself, it just always comes out as anger. But yeah. that's like the easiest emotion. Yeah. Right. And so here we are taking the lead and helping our partners um, kind of work through their emotions. That's probably going to be the one that comes up the most because that's the easiest one to express yeah. and tap into. And it's like such a contrast to regular life that anger is just the button to, to push. But probably in that moment, he was expressing anger, but mostly it was just disappointed. Yeah. 
and feeling let down that he let you down and it wasn't really anyone's fault to be angry about but yeah and like the more men get deeper into that work of emotional stuff it's not going to come out the same although I the second I say that I'm like yeah no but for myself that's just how it comes out (laughs) it comes to that most basic emotion right yeah well and when we make space for that anger when we have space for the anger, then we do give ourselves the opportunity to find out what's underneath that. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important to go to bed angry because the anger is not the problem. There's something important. There's important information underneath that anger and we need to get to that. Right. Because emotions are just information and feedback to get curious That's how I feel when I'm in a situation and I, you know, you feel this neutrality in your life and then all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation and you feel this bump, right? They like got you off track and you're like, Hey, yeah, what was that? That's an emotion to say, Hey, get curious. Something just happened and you're having a reaction. So control the reaction and go into the work of why am I feeling like this? Where did this come from? Yeah. Where did this come from? I think it's important for me. I don't view myself as always the same person. I look the same on the outside, but even cellularly, I'm a different person every seven years. Right. Mm -hmm. So every moment is a new me showing up. And, and so I have to say when information comes, especially from your emotions, because your emotions often live in your past and you're, you know, they live in other parts of the world, other of space and time. I don't know. Yeah. So it's like, where do you, where did you, where are you from? Hey, Hey friend, where are you from? <laughs> right. And when you're angry, so the anger comes up and then I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry. Where are you from? And when you follow the trail of the anger, it's, I'm always surprised at where it comes from. Oh, it's actually, I'm angry because I don't feel that I can say the thing that I really want to say about where I want to go in my future. (laughs) Right. And it's like, no, I thought I was mad about the laundry. No, I'm not mad about the laundry. I'm mad because I want to go somewhere that I don't feel free to say. And I'm afraid of, um, that will change my relationship. If I tell, if I'm really honest about where I want to go. Oh, well that has nothing to do with the laundry. So if I sit here and I stay at the level of anger about the laundry, that's getting us nowhere. And ultimately I think that will end in divorce because it's like, well, we couldn't agree on the laundry. Well, what? Yeah. Yeah. Had nothing to do with the laundry, but you have to allow each other space to get to the thing. That's like, really, where are you from emotion? And it's, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. When you didn't do that, it made me remember my ex and how this happened and what was that and what, how I felt then. And, and I know that's not of now. And so, right. It's just, you have yeah. to have space to even find these pathways and you have to welcome this information as a friend from another time saying, okay. And the thing to me, I think is amazing is the only, those things will come up when, when you are in a safe place to do the healing. So if you're in a really good relationship, more trauma is going to start coming up because it's safe to come up. Exactly. Like, wait, I was fine. When I was in this toxic relationship, I was fine. And I didn't have any of these hard feelings. Why now? Why now that I'm happy? Why can't I just be happy? Because now you have space and you're supported to heal the things that were, there was like, 
in the queue waiting yeah. <laughs> for the moment that you, and it's like, oh, quick, go, go, go. She's ready. She can handle yeah. it. She has the space. And, and, um, that's very normal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's like, that's speaking about our first year of relationship because uh, it's, I just, I'm so glad that he was patient yeah. and could recognize, like he could see me through like buried underneath all of that and still allow me that space to kind of like work through it. I mean, we got him to the end. He was like, I was almost given up there, <laughs> but we were, but we were saying, you know, as far as, Hey friend, where are you from? What I wanted to point out too, was that, uh, that time frame, as you start to become self-aware, it doesn't take days, right? And so then you start to notice those patterns and then it's just like a little blip, mm -hmm. you know, instead of it taking you off track, you're like, oh, yeah. oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah. I know what that is. I don't need to talk about it. I don't need to think about it. Like I've already dealt with it, you know, but it's like yeah. doing that initial amount of work can feel so overwhelming, but it does get easier. Yeah. And then in partnership, when you're able to express why something went down the way that it did. Mm -hmm. And then where you're coming from and how, you know, your perception is on certain topics, they become sensitive to it as well. Mm -hmm. And then the triggers lessen also. It's not to say that it's never going to, but you start to find that balance between the two of you and you know, their triggers too, right? right? Oh, I said that in jest and I thought I was being funny because right. I thought we could joke about stuff like that. And now I see that there's a, there's a wounding that you have that I didn't know about. So right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to joke about that anymore. Right. Yeah. What a lovely conversation. We got to keep I doing love, these. I, know. <laughs> I loved it so much. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Check out Persephone Nicole at inspirethewildfire.com. And where all podcasts are listened to, many blessings. Thank you for joining me today and being a part of the Circle of Fire community. Subscribe to the show in order to remain in the circle and follow along on Instagram and Facebook at Circle of Fire Podcast. I'm so grateful for your presence. Know that you are an integral part of this circle. Together, we rise.